0: everybody it's Brian thanks for tuning in if you're ready to buy or sell a home in Pierce South King or Thurston County please check out John Hurlbutt and his team over at Altitude Homes John's an old friend and someone I know you can trust he will also donate $500 to Ben's fund for every closed transaction I know how hard it is to find a real estate agent who has your best interest in mind John can be that guy for you and benefit a great cause to boot Check them out on the web at altitude-re.com slash hb. Again, altitude-re.com slash hb. Or give them a call at 253-222-2626. That's 253-222-2626. Go Hawks! everybody. It is uh, Brian M. and we're back for real hawk talk. It has been for me, it feels like it's been ages, at least a couple of weeks and uh, uh, happy to be back. It's day before Thanksgiving. And um, with us, um, hopefully there's no power outages or other things that come, come along um, is Nathan Ernst. Uh, how are you doing, Nathan?
1: Pretty good. I've had a bad luck or some bad luck with this the last couple of weeks, but I'm here. Hopefully I will stay here. Should be good to go. Cool. Cool. Uh, we're hoping to be joined by Jeff uh, a little
0: bit later as well as Will Cornell. Um, Evan, for folks that are wondering where Evan is, um, you know, ever since he made the pledge to tattoo his nipples with um, Rashad Penny's eyes, Uh, I don't know that Nathan, that Evan has made an appearance. So, so I think, uh, he won't be here tonight. He claims it's due to wedding duties and other things that are going on. Um, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see about that. But, uh, anyway, we've got a lot to talk about, Nathan. Um, it's been, uh, man, it's been a little bit of a chaotic week of football. Um, uh, you know, know, Hey Jeff, welcome. Can you hear us, Jeff? All
2: right,
0: No worries. We already got started. You got a little bit of a Max Headroom thing going on, but but uh, uh, maybe get your headphones in at some point. We'll, we'll get you hooked up. Um, so uh, what we're going to cover today, um, we'll definitely talk about the, the Packers win, the win over the Packers. Uh, that was a big game and hadn't had a chance to talk, even though it feels like literally a week ago. Um, I'll talk a little bit about this this gauntlet that the Seahawks have been going through of these tough games um, of which this, this game against Carolina included um, talk a little bit about Rashad Penny and it's uh, without Evan here. So, so that should be fun. I'm um, uh, going to ask you guys about what you think is the biggest question mark on this team uh, right now, as well as what you think uh, the area of the, the most confidence in Um. And then we'll get into that with the Panthers um, and take some Q&A from, from folks joining um, in the pod and uh, look at that. And we'll always come back to what we got wrong. So, uh, Jeff, um, you all good to go? You can do a sound check here real quick. You say something.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Good. It's a little bit of delay.
2: I'm having technical problems. You hear me now?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, and there's, uh, there's okay. Will. Welcome to the show, dude. How's guys? Good. Good. So, so Will, you're last in first. Uh, we're going to go live LIFO here. So, so what was, what was your reaction to the Packers game? How did it go relative to your expectations?
2: Um, it went pretty relatively close to my expectations. I thought it was going to be a close game. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, in many ways, I kind of see these teams as, as being the same kind of level. So I thought it could have gone either way. I think you'd have played that game 10 times. It, it could probably split. Um, I think being at home helped Seattle. And then I, uh, I, thought, I really thought we were going to shut Aaron Rodgers down, though. That was kind of like the first time that I remember him gashing us at home. Usually, we play him pretty well. Some of his throws were pretty unbelievable. Yeah, on both sides of that.
0: Um, Nathan, you know – I don't know if I've ever seen a game where Aaron Rodgers was throwing, throwing three yard passes into the ground. Um, what did you make of
1: his performance in general? I think people are overreacting to a couple of bad plays. I think he played a really good game overall. Um, I mean, and he had some unbelievable throws, you know, the touchdown to Tanyon or whatever that guy's name is, um, was pretty, one of the more ridiculous throws I think I've you know seen this year. And, and he has kind of a, Laundry list of those type of plays. So, you know, he he totally biffed it when it when the game was on the line on that third that third down pass, and I mean that was pretty inexcusable. But uh, I, I thought he played. Uh, I, I think that those kind of things are outweighing people's perception of his overall game.
0: Yeah, were, were you surprised that the Seahawks won that game?
1: Kind of uh, going into it, I was very confident that the Seahawks would win. Um, And I thought they might win fairly big. Uh, But then when they fell down, what were they, 14-3 at one point? Um, Yeah, at that point, you know, it seemed like that game was going to be a tough one to come back um, and get. So, yeah, in the end, I was pretty surprised to see him pull it off.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, uh, the Seahawks do not seem to be built to come back Um that often. And I think we've talked about that so far this year we haven't seen as much from from Russell Wilson uh being able to complete those comebacks. But uh in this case they did. And I mean they were ahead. If I'm remembering right, they they pulled ahead in the second quarter. Like from being down 14-3 in the first quarter, they were ahead 17-14, I wanna say. Um the second quarter. So they came back pretty quickly. Um, then they fell behind again and they had to come back again and had to come back late. So, um, I think that was nice to see. Uh, and, and I thought the Packers defense played pretty well in general. I think they, they struggled on a couple of the, the running plays and I think they struggled with, um, Tyler Lockett primarily. But other than that, I thought the Packers defense actually came, came out and played a pretty good game. Um, Jeff, uh, going to give you a shot again. Um, any any big takeaways or reactions from the Packers, The win over the Packers. Um, yeah. Uh, I
1: overall, I liked the game, and I thought that a lot of it came from the Packers' scrubs. To be honest, the Seahawks were great in the second half. The big takeaway is that
0: the offense is better than a. Your, your 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 uh connection is uh it, it's struggling it's struggling yeah i don't know you might have to take see if you have anything you can do about that uh uh we got that you had a big takeaway and then and then a pause a very dramatic pause so I was excited <laughs> to hear, but, but i think we're gonna have to wait on that um you know i'm curious you know as you guys uh as you guys look at that, we we talked about this four game stretch before it started, and it was going to be, um, it was going to be home against the Chargers. It was going to be at the Rams, home against the Packers, and at the Panthers. And as of right now, the Seahawks stand one and two with a chance to go two and two. Uh, you know, if they if they manage to get go two and two through this stretch, um. What does that mean? And, you know, what, what's your what would be your takeaway if, if they were able to uh, to achieve that? Will, why don't we start with you?
2: Um, I said kind of going into this four-game stretch that if we were able to split, I would be happy. Um, only because it, it's it's pretty grim uh, looking in. Um, not much would change for me though if we're able to split and beat Carolina this week. Only because I that's kind of what I expected. Um, yeah, I think if we were a little bit better of a team, I think you'd expect to go three and one. Uh, I think four and zero is kind of—I don't think that's unreal—unrealistic to expect. But I—I I don't think much would change for me. I think that two and two kind of is a good indication of where we're at right now.
0: But Nathan, they started out zero and two, losing that Chargers game and losing the Rams game. Um, you know, it, season was looking pretty precarious at that point. Do do you feel like the Seahawks become legitimate? playoff contenders um, with the win against Carolina, do you, or do you think it's pivotal in that way?
1: Oh, absolutely. It, it, I think if they beat Carolina, they are more or less in the driver's seat for a, a playoff spot, right? I mean, if they beat Carolina, um, they have a tiebreaker over them. Um, and then they get the, you know, the, the 2 gimmies against San Francisco and the the third gimme against Arizona, that, that puts them at nine wins. Um, I think that puts them in a really nice spot. So, if they go if they end up going two and two and beat Carolina this week then uh, I, I think uh, I mean I think I'd be pretty disappointed at that point if they don't end up finding a way into the playoffs. Yeah I mean I think for, for folks that haven't been following along,
0: um, uh, so they, they basically they have tiebreakers over a lot of the teams that they're playing against start or, or contending with for the playoffs already. Um, they get the Vikings at home a little bit later. But if they win this game against the Panthers, essentially, the Seahawks control their own destiny. Um, mm-hmm. I think that even the game against the Vikings, I think because they have a tie, it's going to be really hard for that to be a tiebreaker type of situation. It's just a matter of, you know, who has more wins. But the Panthers, definitely, they, they, they could end up with a tie uh, in a tie situation. So um, I don't know the exact numbers. Maybe, Nathan, you do. But I think if they win this game, I think the Seahawks playoff odds definitely go north you know, well north of 50% and start getting into, you know, 60, 60 plus. Do you know off the top of your head? don't know
1: off the top of my head what the, what the percentage is, but it, I think it's significant. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, it's a big game. Uh, I I was super disappointed. We, I don't know if I've even had a chance to talk to you guys since the Chargers game. Uh, the Chargers game for me was a big... Um, was a big step back, you know, that, that was a situation where the Seahawks had just had a, you know, their most convincing win in Detroit and we're coming home and we're going to have five of their final seven games at home and lay an egg. I mean, they came out, Russell Wilson played, uh, I think his worst game of the season, arguably, and, and uh, I think that largely him and Brian China cost the team that game. Um, I mean, the Chargers played really well, but. I think the Seahawks absolutely could have won that game if they came out and played uh, more sensibly than they did. And then you go down to LA, and they played a great game. I mean, they played it. I mean, the defense struggled mightily, but but they they were right there at the end with a chance to win that game, and and ended up losing it. So, um, yeah. I mean, I, I was definitely impressed with the ability to come back as Packers at the beginning of the season, Jeff. I think everybody, you, uh, Nathan, and Evan all picked the Seahawks to beat the Panthers in Carolina. I picked them to lose, and I'm curious, you know, given where things are right now, where's your head at?
1: Does my work? Yeah. Okay. Sorry about the technical errors. I've been having trouble all night. we we got our first snow tonight, and screwing up our cable and our internet.
0: Let's keep going while you can go. So, uh, anyway,
1: so I think I'm I have no idea what to expect from this game. Right when I thought the Panthers were like pretty good, they were pretty bad. I guess
0: Ah, we're losing you again, Jeff.
2: I think the snow is getting the
0: better. uh, Now, I think the north. Sorry, dude. Um, so well, we're going to be taking some questions from folks in the, the chat pod. So if, if people have questions, feel free to, to start asking them and, and I'll get to them a little bit later. But uh, one of the players that's actually stepped up the past couple of games is Rashad Penny. And uh, I'll start by saying he's a guy that I've been pretty hard on and um, been looking for an opportunity for him to show anything of of real interest, Nathan. You know, I, as a aficionado of the run game and of, you know, running backs, uh, what's your what's your impression of, of what you're seeing from Rashad right now?
1: He looks, I mean, he looks like a professional back. I think that's a, maybe a step up from what he was looking like earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that he looks especially impressive right now. Um, <clears throat> but he's kind of doing the same stuff he did in college, like, when you watch his college tape, I, I think I've talked about this a lot now, he would make these kind of these little moves that would leave defenders kind of grasping at his ankles or grasping at his legs and kind of all times grasping air. And you're seeing that now, you know, he did that on that that crazy cutback run. Um, he did that. Uh, he had a really nice move uh, on the, the the play where Russ got out and kind of was lead blocking for him. Um, so it's a little it's, – it's still a little early. Um, I think he's doing the things that I was kind of thinking he would do coming out of college when I was a little bit more optimistic about him. Um, but considering how bad he looked the first few weeks, I think it's, it still bears a little wait and see with him. Uh, but, I mean, he doesn't look like, you know, some, you know, epic – or anything at this point, I think yeah. it's going gonna, it's gonna to be, it's still, it's still to be seen whether he's really going to even approach making that pick look okay, just from where he was taken. Um, but he does look at least serviceable, and you can kind of see the potential.
0: Yeah, well, there was an article written about him in the Seattle Times, and uh, I think it was Bob Condota's article, um, and there was a quote that jumped out, a couple of quotes that jumped out at me, I'm going to read you one of them. So, uh, Uh, at San Diego State, he ran a system which the quarterback was under center and Penny was used out of the I formation. Um, He usually ran forward behind, quote, an offensive line making bigger holes than you'd expect. Um, (laughs) That's Penny's quote. Uh, He also had a quote earlier about, um, I've just got to stay warm on the sidelines. I'm not used to playing in cold weather like that. He was kind of blaming his injury on, on his twisted ankle on that. You know, how much how much do you think Penny was a product of of his offensive line in, in college, and and how much do you think that maybe this is just an adjustment to a different style of play in, in the pros?
2: Well, I think the Rams game might have been an indication of that only because, you know, a lot of people got really excited after that Rams performance, and, I mean, I think there was reason to be just because we hadn't seen much from him, um, you know, before that, but you kind of look at those plays. Those holes were pretty wide open, and he did what most – what you'd expect out of any professional running back. I think we just got excited because, again, we just hadn't seen literally anything from him before. Um, I think at the same time, we were, we gave up on him a little bit too quickly. Like we, I mean, we as a fan base we were so ready to write him off after such a small sample size, and I think it might have been a little unfair. Now, granted, I don't think he had a lot of help considering that the guy in front of him has been pretty fantastic, Chris Carson, but, um, I mean – I'm optimistic. I feel a lot more optimistic than I was, you know, weeks ago.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting to me. Like the difference between writing somebody off and clearly stating that that one player has earned more opportunity and another player has not seems to get lost. I think in, in nuance here, you know, I don't think I think Penny had gotten a lot of opportunities and hadn't done anything with them, and now he's done something with the opportunities he got and. I mean, one of the things that continues to be super frustrating with the Seahawks is um, figuring out what their plan is for when a running back starts playing better. Um, you know, Penny actually started playing well in that Rams game, and he didn't play the rest of the half. Like, after that drive where he had two explosive runs, he got into the end zone, clearly was finding himself he didn't play again until almost, you know, the last play of the first half. So I don't really understand. Pete Carroll talks about, um, you know, playing the hot hand, but I don't really see a lot of evidence of them doing that so far this season. So, um, uh, you know, I'm not exactly sure who's making those calls, but it, it seems it seems odd. Um, and I don't know about you guys. I, like, I'm curious, J.D. McKissick will not be back this week, but he started practicing. J.D. McKissick was a guy that – like Chris Carson, was one of the few players that averaged, I think he was one of only two players that averaged over four yards a carry behind that offensive line and, and Tom Cable's run game and all that stuff last season. He also is unique in his ability to to make plays out of the backfield as a receiver, and he's a special teamer. Um, assuming that he is going to be back and healthy in the next you know few weeks, he's starting to practice this week. Uh, Nathan, do you do you want him to take any of the reps from any of the three primary running backs getting reps right now?
1: Yeah, um, I'd love to see him get run over Mike Davis. Um, he was the significantly better player uh, last year. And, I mean, at the very least, it's worth seeing if he can be significantly better than Davis again this year, or, or if he's still just even better. Um, so I would definitely... Like look to to him to take some of those uh, the the third down back snaps and and see if he can kind of take the job and run with it.
0: Jeff wants you to know that your beard looks badass, by the way. Um I, oh, I, I, I was kind of curious if you were doing November. You, I think you said you're just uh, you're just letting. I'm it just go. letting it
1: go. Yeah,
0: yeah. Are you going like ZZ top level, or, or, or where are you going to let it stop?
1: Do you know, I don't know. I'm just going to let it go, and we'll see what happens. Is this so like- far it's been, it's been slow. It, it's, it's not, I feel like it's not really growing much anymore. So I don't know. Just maybe pegged out next up. I was trying for this month, man,
0: and I couldn't do it. It was driving me crazy. Um, I had to shave, but uh, <laughs> when you said uh, Nathan, that, that McKissick was clearly the better player between him and Davis last year, say more about that. Like what, from an analytics perspective or from a just, you know, film
1: perspective? Um, both. Uh, I think he, in terms of being significantly better, um, that's definitely an analytics thing. Um, by all measures, Mike Davis had a really rough year last year. And I mean, obviously that wasn't all about Mike Davis and, um, but JD McKissick was actually one of, uh, he performed pretty well just, you know, relative to the league. Um, in terms of things like success rate and EPA per play. And, um, like you said, I think he had a, a pretty, you know, a decent, what was his, uh, per carry was a little over <laughs> 4.1, 4, right? yeah. something like that. Four point one. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, from a staff perspective, he definitely outplayed, um, or outproduced Mike Davis. Um, and then I, I thought he looked good just from film wise too. Like he's clearly a, a talented player, um, it's it's kind of funny because he's a guy that like didn't really test all that great um, in the combine, but came in with a reputation for being really athletic, and I think he, um, you know, shows that on the field. So he's one of those guys that kind of maybe outperforms combine numbers, um, or maybe what you'd expect from just looking at those. Um, so and, and then he catches the ball really well, you know, Mike Davis. I think he's been a fine player. I think he played, you know, he stepped up well in that Arizona game. I, I don't want to take anything away from him, but like Mike Davis is not a prototypical third down back, right? Um, and so, these, you know, dink and dunk two minute drives that Shoddy wants to run, do those look a little different when you're dinking and dunking to JD McKissick instead of to Mike Davis? Yeah, maybe. And so, uh, I'd be interested to just see it from that perspective, too. Yeah,
0: I mean, uh, watching even in preseason and uh, training camp this year, McKissick was always obvious when he was getting the ball. He's a blur, his acceleration is different than any other backs. I have this instinct that he'd be a five yard a carry plus guy. And, and, you know, in this offense with this offensive line. Um, And I think he's more dynamic. He's definitely more dynamic as a receiver out of the backfield and can do more things. Um, Plus he's just, he's a fun player to watch. I mean, I think he's a playmaker. So uh, I'm with you. I'm curious, uh, Will, um, you know, one, do you have any thoughts about McKissick Um, and, and let's start there.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Say again. I kind of lost connection there for a sec. Yeah. Do
0: you, do you? What are your thoughts about McKissick? Do you want to see him take any of the reps, or do you you feel like you're happy with the three guys that they got?
2: Well, I'm happy with the three guys, but I'd like to see a little bit of McKissick. Um, I think they have used him pretty well in the past as a third down back, and he seems to ha- he seems to provide a spark on occasion. So yeah, I'd, I'd like to see a little bit of him at the least.
0: So um, there's a question in the in the chat here um, from from Bennett, who's um, Asking if we have any thoughts regarding the fumbling um, for Chris Carson. Do you think it's uh, you know he fumbled on the first first play against the Packers? He had another fumble earlier this year. Um, does it give either one of you any pause about him continuing to be the featured back?
2: Uh, nothing really changes much for me. I I, I ha- definitely have noticed um, just his habit to fumble on you know on occasion, but I don't know. He's just in my opinion. I think he's so much better of an athlete than the other two guys. Um, I think you got to have him out there. Um, and I've like gone back and forth with so many people on this. I just think that he is a different style of athlete than the other two, and he's just in his own, in his own category in that regard. How about you, Nathan?
1: Yeah, I mean, the fumbles don't worry too much – me too much. The only thing that worries me about it is that coaches tend to have near zero tolerance for fumbles. Um, so I'd hate to see him end up in a doghouse and on a team with so many backs and mouth feed and all that, that I could see that happening. And I agree. I think he's, you know, clearly the best player, the best running back on this team. And, um, I think he's, so I, I think it would be, you know, a disservice to the team if they they benched him. Um, they were pretty patient with Marshawn. Marshawn fumbled a lot, um. I, I mean, I don't know. He had five in 2012, four in both 2013 and 2014. I don't know what that is relative to the league, but it, it felt like a lot. And I um, I think it's more than usually see most running backs kind of get leashed for. Um, but he also didn't have nearly the competition and was a, a better player than Carson is. So um, it'll be interesting to see how Pete reacts to it. I, I think so far there hasn't been any kind of dog thing because of it, um, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, so um, I'm curious as we talk through, you know, the team in this—they're five and five. You know, um, uh, they have six games left in this season. We've seen, you know, some strengths emerge, some some real question marks. As it stands right now, what's the the biggest question mark you've got about this team and their ability to to be a quality um, NFL? Uh, you know, playoff team? What, what's your biggest question mark? And Nathan, let's start with you.
1: It's still shot hammer for me. I mean, you know, I think the the reason why it's the biggest concern for me is because this team's going to change a lot between this year and next year. Let's, let's hope it does. They're going to have a ton of cash come free. They're going to probably pursue a couple of big pre-agents. They're going to have another draft. Um, I think this team is going to really, you know, grow. And I think that you can look at this, how they're playing this year and, kind of project a leap to where maybe they're going to be, you know, opening up another Super Bowl window next year. Um, so maybe it's going to be more of a 2012 than a, a real Super Bowl window, but that 2012 team was damn good. Um, but the one thing that's not going to change is Brian Schottenheimer. Uh, and so can he put together an offense, you know, right now it's working. They're running and passing about 50, 50, um, but they're still relying on a lot of heroics from Russell. Um, even though the running game has been legitimately, I think. done. Um, so, you know, this is one where I, I still don't have a lot of faith in Schottenheimer to be able to put together a cogent passing attack. Um, I, I haven't seen very convincing kind of two-minute or, you know, quick drives when they've needed those. And so um, I think it's, it's the biggest question mark just going forward because, you know, like that, that Monday night game the other night with an aberration. We're not going to see 50-50, you know, 50-point games or teams where both teams score 50 points, you know, that often. But the league is going a different way and the league is getting smarter every year about offense and scoring points. And right now, this is, uh, you can kind of see where it can work with Schottenheimer. And you can kind of see even with a heavy running approach where they can kind of, you know, slow things down a little bit and keep things within reach. But, you know, they still gave up 30 points at various times. Um, so, to me, that's the biggest question mark. And it's not just about this year. It's about, you know, the coming years, too.
0: So that's the interesting thing, Nathan. Like, I, I, I retweeted something from Pete this week from his presser. I think it was yesterday or, yeah, whenever it was. But um I think someone asked him about, Whether he minds going a different direction, while everyone's clearly going, you know, pass-heavy and and um, scoring, Um, and he's focusing on the run, and he's like, "No, I love it. I'm happy to go. I don't. I don't mind being different." You know, we've heard this from him before. I've heard, you know, multiple times that he and Schneider actually relish being unconventional. And the question is, sometimes do they get infatuated with being unconventional? and you know set aside some pretty obvious things they could do that are with convention that could make them better um, i do have that question about them but um my biggest question mark about this team is actually the defense like i, I don't have confidence at all uh, you know I, I, I put out a twitter poll before they played the lions asking seahawks fans you know do you feel that this is a good defense and and i think it was like over 90% uh, of respondents thought that they were a good defense. Seahawks were like top five ranked at that point. I didn't believe in them. I, I just didn't. I don't see the talent there. I don't see the quality, and and then they they went into Detroit and they actually shut them down. And I thought like, whoa, maybe they're better than I thought. Turns out Detroit's a lot worse, you know. Like so, um, the defenses looked pretty, and you know, they've looked incapable of stopping a good offense the last few weeks. Um, but at the same time, I can say second half of the Chargers game, they didn't allow any points. Second half of the Packers game, they only allowed three points. So there's, like, these these moments of, like, I can find some strength. But when I look at the team, like, we'll talk about it going into this week. They're, they're playing a Panthers team that's ranked third in the NFL in rushing. And they're 28th, I think, something like that. And uh, – I just don't have a ton of confidence in the Seahawks' ability to to stand up and stop the run. And if they can't stop the run, I definitely don't have confidence that they can then uh you know stop a quality passer from moving the ball down the field. I still don't have confidence in these corners. I feel like Shaquille and Trey Flowers are our liabilities um right now. And you know, the safeties haven't necessarily stepped up recently. So anyway, I've got a lot of questions on defense. Um That's where my biggest questions lie. Will, how about
2: you? Yeah, I was gonna. My answer was gonna be on the defensive side as well. I think my answer would probably uh, questions about their consistency from a front office standpoint. um, I just, I think right now, I guess it kind of depends on where you guys are at. But you know, you're either kind of glass half full or glass half empty right now with this team. And I think that we could all kind of agree that we're at least a a fine team. I don't know that. I don't know that we're good. I wouldn't call us great. I don't know that we're a bad team right now, either five dude. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So it's like kind of depends on what side of the fence you choose to stay on. But I just kind of wonder if they'll be able to be consistent enough to build on what seems to be at least a decent foundation right now. I mean, I think I do agree with you. I think we've got a lot of liabilities on defense. Um, I think I think it's something they can still build on. I think they've got some young guys that they can they can add to um, in future drafts and in future off seasons. And I guess I'm just curious if they're going to be able to hit uh, like they used to. And by no means do I mean hit grand slams like they did in 2012 and 13, but just to have some solid solid drafts. And I think this most recent one is a good example of that. Um, I just I'd like to see more of that. And I, th- I think if they can continue building this team from where it is now. Um, I'd, I'd like to think that we could be great again.
0: So I'll turn it back around to you. Um, you know what? What's the part of this team that you have the most confidence in right now? That you feel like, regardless of opponent, you feel confident they're going to be they're going to do
2: well. Um, Russell Wilson. I, <laughs> that might be the uh, the obvious answer, but um, I mean, the guy's just been a, a pillar of consistency since he's been in the league, um, and. Russell's just always been that guy that, that to me as a fan gives me belief that we can still win any game, um, even when we don't have a shot. So I think if you, you know, build around that, the rest is history. I wish I could say Russell Wilson was the thing
0: I had the most confidence in. I, I, I'm i not there yet. I mean, I, I feel like he's been more up and down um, this last few games than I would like to have seen from him, but um, especially the Chargers game is, is still fresh in my mind, but. Uh you know, for me it's the it's the offensive line and the the running game, which is crazy to say considering where this team was just you know the last couple of years. But um seven games in a row, 155 yards or more rushing, something like that. Um that's you know a pretty rare feat. And and they're doing it from the opening snap and all the way through um, for the most part. So Nathan, where where do you have, you know, is there one part of the team where you feel really confident, um, you know, week in, week out?
1: It's Russ. Um, I mean, he is not having his best year, probably. He's had a few bad uh, turnovers, especially bad plays. But, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I think I talk, uh, we get a little myopic about Russ. Like, yeah, he sailed the ball over Doug's head. That was really bad. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers threw a third down play with the game on the line with ball in the turf. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had two drives at the end of the Monday Night Football game and threw play- picks on both of them. Um, you know, we saw Goff uh, airmail a couple balls in the Rams game, right? Um, we saw Philip Rivers get shut down uh, in the second half of the Seahawks game. You know, the only guy right now that's really playing – perfect football is is breeze probably and, and that'll 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 go away he'll, he'll come back down there so it'll still be breeze, It'll still be awesome but you know we expect so much of russell sometimes and i think we forget too that he's still adapting to a new offensive coordinator you know i mean people expected him to kind of pick up this year and you know be amazing and there was a learning curve and you know we joke about the accountability stuff and how he's not running anymore, but I think that there's a little bit of a learning curve there right now, um, where they're asking him to do some stuff. And I don't think he always feels a hundred percent confident with him with it. Um, but it's, I think it's coming. I think it's, it's getting better. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I don't think there's any question that the pillar of this football team is Russell Wilson, um, there's, there's other good stuff about it, but I don't know what else there is. You know, the running game is nice and all that, but like you know, we've seen that fall short um, against the better teams and that they played against. So, uh, to me, it's rust. Interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, let's 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 transition and talk a little bit more about. Let's go deep dive on the Carolina game. This is such a big game. I think it's worth spending a little more time on. And, and as people in the, the the chat have been asking some questions, but give you guys some numbers here and let's get your reactions to them. So first one is, um, Seattle is one in four this season when allowing three or more explosive rushes, Uh, that's 12 plus yards by Pete Carroll's definition of an explosive rush. So they're, they're one in four this season when they allow opponents to get three or more explosive rushes. Carolina has had at least three explosive rushes in every game, but two this season. And they lost both of those contests. What do you think? the chances are that the Seahawks hold the Panthers to less than three explosive rushes in this game.
1: How are we defining an explosive rush? 12 plus. Are we doing? 12,
2: Yeah, 12 rush.
1: All right, I'm going to let the slide. There's the whole 12, 15 thing for rushing and passing. I'm a little silly. There's saying,
0: well, Pete Carroll's definition. I've, I've used Pete's because that's how he does it. 16, 16 for pass, 12 for rush is how he does it.
1: Well, the over/under three. three,
0: three? is is yeah. Can they can they hold the Panthers under three? What's the chances?
1: I don't think so. I mean, Cam makes that hard. I think um, that there's a good chance that he'll just you know bust off one or two kind of longer runs. Um, so I doubt it.
2: How
0: about you, Will?
1: yeah, I'd say it
2: looks pretty grim as well. Christian McCaffrey' is just so explosive in both elements of his game. i I'd say it looks grim. It's my gut gut answer.
0: yeah, I, I think this seems highly unlikely. I'd expect the Panthers to have you know five or more as it seems seems right. Um, I mean for people that are curious, um, over the past few games for the Seahawks in terms of opponents, um, the Packers actually had no explosive runs. Um, uh, the Rams had three, the Chargers had six, Detroit had zero, Oakland had two, um, the Rams the first time had four. So, you know, Seahawks are generally giving up um, to these better offenses, three or more. So it, it feels, feels likely. Um, but uh, Flip side. let's talk about another one here. So Carolina actually has a lot of trouble rushing the passer. They do have names like Julius Pepper, but the guy's almost 39 years old. Um, Mario Addison is the other side. He's going to be going against Dwayne Brown. He's got eight sacks, but not a particularly efficient pass rusher. Um, Seattle's four. And
1: is actually Mario Addison is actually a very good pass rusher. He's like top ten in sacks over the past three years. He's underrated, but he's very good.
0: Yeah, it depends. I mean, if we're talking about this year, he's okay. In terms of total pressures for the amount of pass rush snaps he's got, he's he's middle of the league for, for his role. So um that that be said, that be told, um uh Seattle's four and one when Russell Wilson is sacked two times or less this year. So it's half the games they've played, they've held the opponent to uh sacking them two times or less. Um, the Panthers have sacked opposing quarterbacks two times or less in six of their 10 games. Okay, so almost, you know, over 50% of the Panthers games, they've recorded two sacks or less. What is your, what's more likely? Um, do you think, do you think that the the Seahawks can uh, pass block the Panthers well enough to hold them to two sacks or less?
2: Yeah, I think just based on the numbers you gave us right there, I'd, I'd say it would be pretty likely, right? I mean, I, I, and just based on how this offensive line has been playing, um, yeah, I'd say it's
1: likely. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it. this feels like something that depends a lot on game script. Um, and so if Seattle falls behind, then they're probably more likely to pass, or they're more likely to get sacked, so then their numbers look bad, because they were behind in the first place, so like the whole two sacks thing, I don't know how much stock I put into it. Um, I, I, I mean, I love Russ, and I, he was the, the pillar of the team. He takes, you know, I don't know, he takes bad sacks. So trying to get out of a game with two, you know, against a team that is good and that a team that you might be trailing against, at, you know, at times on the road and all that doesn't seem super likely.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I. I... I've dug into the, the Panthers' pass defense in there. I mean, Panthers' defense in general is, is it's not the same as the Seahawks' defense, but in some ways it's almost like a year behind. Like, it feels like they're going to need to do a total makeover. Like, Thomas Davis is 35 and is definitely slowing down. Luke Keekley is not having a great year. He's, he's good, but he's not great. He's missed eight tackles already. Um, you know, the secondary is pretty weak. Uh, you're talking about Captain Munderland. Um What are the other corners? Um, uh, one second.
1: Gotta... They have a guy I like in the camera right now. Yeah, yeah, I like him.
0: James Bradbury, um, and then Dante Jackson. Um, Bradbury seems okay, but I mean, he is giving up you know 107 passer rating this year and five touchdowns, so um, he's not. He's certainly not flawless. So I don't know. I mean, the Seahawks, um, like I said, the Seahawks have have gone, um, you know, in half their games, they've given up two sacks or less. Um, and they've faced a lot of teams that were much better pass rushing teams than this one is. So I'd say, you know, 60% chance the Seahawks end up pulling that off. So let's let's play this then. So let's assume for a second that the Seahawks hold the Panthers to two sacks or less. And they give up three or more explosive rushes. Who wins the game?
1: Oh, Seattle. Is Seattle sacked less than two times? Yes. Yeah, they win. Will you feel
2: any different? Oh no, not at all. I think if you able to accomplish both of those things, it looks pretty good for you. It gives, like I don't know, seventy, eighty percent chance of a win at that point.
0: So here's here's an interesting piece, and I'm not surprised, Nathan, that you feel you feel that way given, you know. Uh, My
1: proclivities.
0: Yes, your, 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 your yeah. proclivities. So <laughs> um, I mentioned that the Seahawks have had over 150 yards rushing in seven straight games. When I was looking at um, Seahawks opponents, you know, over that time, and there's a little bit of an impact here, the fact that the Seahawks offense is rushing really well and affecting opponents' rush rankings. But if you look at a rush efficiency rating, like this is like DVOA kind of style, the, it's not from football outsiders, it's from uh sharp football stats. But if you look at defensive run efficiency, their last six opponents that the Seahawks have played have been, um, uh, have been ranked, hold on. I thought I had it right in front of me. Um, uh, da, da, da no the, opponent ranked higher, only good 18th in run defense during that stretch. So they had Dallas, the Chargers. Dallas was 26th, uh, Oakland was 32nd, Detroit is 31st. Um, so now you've got Carolina who is actually 12th. They're decent run defense. And I uh, I have some questions if you look then at what they do on the pass, Carolina is like 25th in pass defense. And to your question earlier, Nathan, can Brian Schottenheimer adjust? Can he understand that this might not be the game to run the ball as often as they've been doing it before? My guess going in is the Seahawks are going to run into that brick wall over and over again, and it's going to take them at least at least a quarter before they realize, um, you know, and they'll probably be behind before they realize that they have to switch over. But this is actually, I mean, the, the inverse of that is, if you look at it, this is the first time the Seahawks have been playing a pretty weak pass defense for at least the last four weeks. The Chargers were 13th. The Rams were 11th. The Packers were, um, I just lost it, but uh, they were also pretty high. And um, the Packers were 15th. So 13th, 11th, and 15th. The only three times that the Seahawks have paid, played a pass defense that's lower than twenty-fifth, they those are their biggest wins at Detroit, against Oakland, and home against Washington. So, in that sense, you know this this does set up pretty well for the Seahawks. Um, you know, what what do you think makes sense from a, a game plan perspective, knowing who's calling the plays? What's a realistic way that you
1: want to see this uh, play out, Nathan? I mean. Knowing who's calling the plays, uh, I'd like to see, them cool it a little bit on the second and 10 runs. Um, I'd like to see them, you know, maintain that, like, what were they? 40% uh, play action and against the Rams, the first Rams game, the first Rams game, were they over 50%? There was a game where they broke 50% play action, right? Um, But anyway, a higher percentage of you know them for them, a play action would be fantastic. Uh, And um, man, I don't know. I'd love. I I I don't. They got to do something about their two minute offense. I mean, I I don't know what the cure is there, but if they could just figure out something to make that two those two minute offenses just a little bit more potent, um, that would be that would be fantastic. So I think that's my realistic. I mean. They're going to run it a lot. You're right. This is one of those teams that like, they don't defend the pass. Well, they do defend their, You know, they're, they're pretty good against the the run. Um, so, and, you know, Hey, let's see more of, you know, lock it in on those end of rounds and stuff like that too. So if you are going to run it a, a lot, can we at least get some guys moving around to kind of, you know, get a little misdirection going, and get defenders kind of leaning the wrong way and stuff like that. That would be, that would be awesome.
0: Will who's who's the one you know, what what's one matchup that you're looking at in this game that you think if the Seahawks can win it, that it's gonna be pivotal for the the outcome?
2: I would say just receivers getting separation on those two corners, um, Bradbury and Jackson. So I think you gotta look at you know, you, you gotta expect a big game at Tyler Lockett and I'd say that you gotta look his way. Um I they do have some pretty good safety, you know, Mike Adams like a pretty good Young, uh, free safety, and Eric Reid's obviously, you know who Eric Reid is, but I'd say the biggest matchup, if you expect to get a win, is you've got to torch those corners, and I know that they're infamous for being torched, so I'd I'd hit them.
0: Yeah, Nathan, for me, the the one that comes to mind is Doug Baldwin. I I think Doug Baldwin's looking stronger and stronger. Um, I really wasn't sure we'd see him look like he's looked the last couple games throughout the season. Um, I'm not sure he he expected that either. This feels like a game that he could make make a big impact. Um, curious if there's a specific matchup or specific player that you have in mind uh, for the Seahawks that could be a make or break player.
1: Yeah, I don't know about matchup wise, but I mean, you know, Lockett has been pretty unbelievable this year, and he's you know come up with some huge catches, some huge touchdowns. So I, I think he's kind of the guy where you know if he can. Have another really nice day. Like he's been kind of churning out week in, week out. I think that's big. And then like you said, um, you know, Doug has looked good. You know who else has looked really good is Vanette. Um hmm. yeah. He has caught like Russ has absolutely uncorked some passes to him in the end zone and he's brought them both in. Uh so that's been cool to see. And so if he can kind of keep showing up in the red zone and catching some of those lasers that Russ is throwing, that that's that cool too.
0: All right, so l- let's let's make some uh, some uh, hot take predictions here. Um, mine is going to be that uh, George Fant is not only going to catch his first pass of his career, but he's going to catch his first touchdown in this game. Tight end, slot receiver, George Fant.
1: That is going to be so insufferable on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> <They do. laughs> I'm not a huge fan of the George fan thing. Like, Oh, I my God, why
0: it. not? He's fantastic.
1: I like actual well, – I like players you can actually catch. I like rosters that are constructed in a way where you have enough tight ends to, like, put everybody out there and have real real players playing real positions. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> Will, uh I mean, give, give Nathan a chance to think.
2: Uh, hot take prediction for you. Uh, um, not so much of a hot take as it is. I just I've been waiting all year for it to happen. I want to see a forced fumble by Chikeen Griffin. I I want it desperately at least some point this year. If not this game, just give it to me later on in the year. Just at some point. But that's I'll, I'll go with that hot take for this game. Nathan, what's gonna happen that no one's expecting?
1: That no one's expecting, huh? Um... It should involve Michael Dixon. Yeah. CJ ProSize is gonna score a touchdown in this game. Oh, come on. You don't really believe that. No, I don't, but it's a hot take and no one no, see it.
0: I, I believe George Fan's gonna actually catch a touchdown. That's what's gonna Well,
1: on. my other one's too boring. Lockett's gonna have the punt return.
0: Oh, that's a that's a decent one. I mean, the, the, the Seahawks the Seahawks return game has been trash this year. I mean yeah. Do you guys do you know where they rank? They're, they are ranked 25th in the NFL in punt return yardage, at, yeah, yards per punt return, and 22nd in kick return. Like That's horrible. I, I, honestly, some of it's Lockett, but some of it's like – he's got like two or three guys around him all the time. I feel like one one coach that they didn't fire is one they should have, which is Brian Schneider, the special teams coach. Like I would have been happy to have a fresh – Set of eyes on that, that
1: part. You know, I, I want to go back to the CJ ProSize thing though. Like, I don't believe it, but they have talked about the the ProSize package. Pete came out this week and had that weird comment because he hadn't Pete hadn't said anything like or done anything that made us like our, our minds exploded, which he was like doing on a weekly basis at the start of the year. What, and he, what did he say about ProSize that? I just, it's just too bad that he hasn't uh, that we that he's not more involved. He's really earned it, and it's like you're you're the coach, dude. If you want him involved, <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's not hard to get the dude involved. I know. And okay, but we kind of talked about this before too, where sometimes it seems like they kind of they'll slow play things, and I don't think this is an am kind of thing in, across the NFL at all. I think it might be weird to have something at this point in the season that you haven't shown yet. But the senior pro size package is one, and if you were going to break some weird stuff out. A row game with, you know, the playoff implications that this one has, I think maybe we see a C.J. process touchdown in this game. Mm. All right. You're talking yourself into it. I like it. I am. I am. <laughs> I don't believe it at all,
0: but I am talking myself into it. <laughs> I like it. Man, it would be nice to see because it, it has not been close to happening. That's for sure.
2: You, you know it'll be nice to see? And this is a, a, a room temperature take. It's not even a take. We Will see Cam Newton put a towel over his head ah, on Sunday, which I will be say.
0: glorious.
2: I, I mean, love it every time.
0: You know, you know, what would be the best? It would be like better than seeing him put a towel on the head. It would be actually seeing Russell Wilson go to the pros game press conference dressed in a Cam Newton outfit. <laughs>
2: that
1: would
0: be amazing. <laughs>
2: totally <Just laughs> <hardly laughs> troll the
0: hell out of him. That <laughs> would be fantastic. An impossibility. Uh, Oh my god! If he did like a, a Ryan Fitzpatrick kind of style, where he just goes and steals his clothes and put them on, <laughs> oh my god, I,
1: it I would be so huge on him. He'd look like a little kid. he has <laughs> got like six inches and like fifty pounds on rest probably. Russell also wearing that that
2: Mary Poppins top hat or whatever <laughs> the hell <that> really he <laughs> wears, the bolo,
0: <laughs> like yeah, I don't know what's going on there. And, and somewhere, somewhere, someone's like saying. Cam Newton's got the best fashion style around and I, I don't know where they are, but, but I'm sure they exist. So, um, yeah, it, it's fun to have a, a game like this, it's a game that matters in a season that honestly a couple games into it, I don't think that most of us thought that there'd be a meaningful game, 10 games into the season. Um, and I think some of it's the Seahawks have played a little bit above their, their talent level. Um, some of it's been that, the league is kind of fall. The NFC is calling kind of falling back to the Seahawks. Uh, you know, to be five and five, potentially <laughs> be one win away from controlling your destiny into the playoffs. Like,
1: uh, it probably shouldn't go without saying how great that weekend was for Seattle. Oh my God. Because what Carolina lost, Washington lost. And I mean, you never root for an injury, but them losing Alex Smith is going to be probably the, the you know, a nail in the coffin for them. So they're probably out of the race. Um, the Falcons are just, you know, they, I think they've been out of it for a little while, but, I mean, they continue to spiral. Um, and somebody else with a Philly? Philly lost?
0: Philly lost. Washington lost.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah
2: it's, it's not even just this weekend. I mean, year I thought the NFC was going to be so strong. I mean, I, people thought the Eagles were going to be great again. People thought uh the, the Vikings would be way better than they are. The Packers, uh Panthers and Falcons. I mean, those are all pretty strong teams last year, and they've just – They've laid down. The NFC as a whole is just kind of uh, outside of the Saints, and Bears, Bears are pretty good. But uh, outside of the Rams and Saints, NFC is kind of wide open.
0: So if you guys had to pick the two Super Bowl teams right now, you know, you're know you betting your house on it. You're betting the life of someone you love on it.
2: Who are the two Super Bowl teams right now?
1: I'm going to go – Orleans? Go ahead. Yeah, go for it.
2: I'm going to go – I'm gonna go with the Saints in the NFC. and I'm gonna go with the Patriots in the AFC. And I know the popular, uh, the popular two choices in the AFC right now are the Chiefs and Chargers. But I just, Patriots just always find a way to get there. And I think I, I, I,
1: I don't know. Always a safe bet. I'd go Saints and Patriots. Yeah, that was that was where I'm gonna go for the exact same reasons. Like, I want to pick Kansas City. I think Kansas City's probably better, but it's one of those where it's hard to pick against the Patriots. And I, I don't know. I think they're slow playing a little bit, like probably not intentionally, but they're better than than uh, they look. So, yeah, that would that be exactly my pick as well. I think that's.
0: I'm actually. I've got the Saints and the Chiefs. I, I think this. I think. The Chiefs are good enough to overcome the the Patriots this year. I think the offense is good enough to, to do it. Um, but some crazy stuff going on in the AFC. Did you guys know the Texans have won seven straight? Mm-hmm. The Texans. And they're not even playing that well. Like, Deshaun Watson's not playing very well. They lost Will Filler for the year. Like, that's crazy. And here's another – here's a question for you guys. Um, two five, and 5-5 five teams, the Colts and the Seahawks. Which team's better?
1: I was just going to say I think the most inseparable Super Bowl that's not out of the question is Colts Rams. Uh Seahawks Twitter would literally melt down. It, like uh it, that'd be amazing. Um the Colts seem kind of good though. Like uh, or, uh Alex, like, Andrew Luck's playing pretty well. Like I haven't watched him a lot or anything, but they have the best um, line
0: from what from what people are saying. I haven't seen enough of them, but that's, that's what I'm hearing.
2: Well, they seem to be going yeah, up. to have yeah. four straight, so they're kind of creeping up.
1: I mean, yeah, they're, they're,
2: yeah. Go ahead, Nathan.
1: No, like I just yeah, they're they're in legit in the the, the the playoff picture. It's it's kind of crazy.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think he's thrown three touchdowns or more in like I don't know the numbers number of games in a row. So, um, yeah, interesting things going on in the AFC, and um, as we kind of wrap up here. Uh, let's go with you know. Let's go with the the what you got wrong. Um, it's a uh, it's always something that people look forward to us telling telling them we're, we're incorrect about something. I um will throw it over to Will. I'll, I'll give you a couple seconds to think, but this can be something that you got wrong about this last game. Um, it can be something you've got wrong about the season so far. Um, about a specific player. Um, you know, on your mind. What, what's uh, what's something you've got wrong right now?
2: Um, I'll go with the most recent game. I thought that we were going to give Aaron Rodgers fits at home again, as we seem to always do in recent years. And he absolutely seemed to torture us. I mean, there was, were there really people out there saying that he had a bad game? Cause it, I mean, to my recollection, it seems like some of those throws were just phenomenal. I mean, like literally unbelievable. I mean, like that third and nine throw to Devante Adams, I think it was Jaron reading his face, just, you know, just tosses at 50 yards. No problem. Just right in his hands. I mean, I don't know. I I thought that just the home crowd and Aaron Rodgers coming to town, we were going to give him problems and he torched us so I was wrong about that.
0: Well, Nathan, um, I, I would actually say that the, the Seahawks gave, gave Aaron Rodgers more trouble than I would have thought. I think he definitely had two ridiculous throws that were, you know, elite level beyond hall of fame legendary level but um sacked five times and and threw some <laughs> crappy throws that like i just have never seen aaron Rodgers throw passes like that but uh i, I get it i get it um uh nathan what what have you got wrong what's on your mind now
1: i think i need to start making more hot takes or something I, i'm having trouble to come up with stuff i mean um I I don't – I don't like I said earlier, I'm still in wait-and-see mode with Rashad Penny. Um, but he has been uh, – out of nowhere, he's been way better the last two weeks than I thought he was going to be at any point this year. So um, I don't know where he ends up, but I think uh, I've definitely been wrong uh, about where – what I thought he'd end up contributing to this team this year.
0: Yeah, I – I um, was definitely going to go with Penny as well uh, as someone who's been pretty hard on him. Uh, He's, he hasn't convinced me that he's going to be great by any stretch, but he's shown something. He's actually made players miss. He's, he's had a few plays that looked like professional running back plays um, making a, you know, a defender one-on-one grasp at straws, you know, that like that's grasp at air, I should say. Like, That's progress. It's nice to see. So, um, you know, I guess I'll qualify as wrong at that. I will also say I was wrong in that. I was sure that Mike McCarthy was going to go through it for it on fourth and two. I can't believe that they punted that ball. And, uh, I'm so happy that they did. Um, so let's Uh, go ahead. go ahead, Nathan.
1: Did you hear uh, Ken Norton's comment about it afterwards? I did not. I don't remember what it was either, but it, he basically said the the exact same thing that you know, thank God he didn't go for it, <laughs> that he was <laughs> terrified they were gonna, and he was really happy when they punched it. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I don't, I just don't have much confidence in that defense. Um, I don't think they were gonna do so, it on third and two, let alone do it again on fourth and two. So,
1: is Mike McCarthy widely hated, or is he actually secretly so good that NFL coaches are trying to get fired because, uh? What Tom Brady said was it in the offseason or something like that, that if Rogers played in his offense, he'd throw for 7,000 yards or something like that. Because he's so much more talented than than he is. Brady speaking of himself, but, <laughs> saying that Rogers is so much more idiot. like and then Court Norton kinda comes out and is like, Thank God he didn't go for it. Like, I mean, you don't usually see kind of oh, uh, you know, other people crap on a coach quite like that.
0: Well, and that NFC title game in 2014, um, well, technically 2015, uh, when they had Rodgers hand the ball off and get really conservative, you know, I know Roger there was a lot of Packers fan want McCarthy fired. They wanted him fired for a while. Um, they're not happy with him, and and it is a view of what a team can look like with a Hall of Fame quarterback getting to one Super Bowl and and that's what they're looking like right now they don't look like they're getting closer to getting back at all um i think they anyway we could talk about the packers but i think only so many people want to know so you know it, there is no guarantee just having a good quarterback means you're going to get back to contention um anytime soon uh i know nathan you got to run so let's get quick uh, roundtable predictions on what you expect for this game this weekend um, and and will i'm going to start with you
2: um, I'm going to side with history on this one and say that this is going to be a pretty low scoring, funky looking score. Um, a couple days ago, my gut feeling was that Carolina was going to take this one. Um, I don't know. I, I think the Seahawks just eked this one out at the end like 17 19, some weird, weird looking score.
0: Wait, so the Seahawks win 19
2: 17? Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, Nathan, how about you?
1: Um, you know, I kind of want to go that way, but these are two good offenses and well, I, I mean, the CX, I don't know. I don't know if the Seahawks are on anything really, but I mean, I, I think it's two defenses that aren't great. And so I think this one might actually kind of reverse history a little bit. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if this is, if this is kind of a 34-28 or yeah, will so go 34-28. I think I picked all these games way too high. I picked way too many points. Um, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Seattle.
0: 34-28.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, so
0: evidence there. The Seahawks. Other than the Chargers game where they just laid an egg on offense and just couldn't figure this out for a while, they've gone 27-31, 28-27, 31. 28, 27, 31 you know, in five of their last six games. So the Seahawks are scoring 27 or more pretty much every game. Um, And there's no reason to expect that against this defense that they'll do any worse other than if Schottenheimer tries to run into the strength of the defense. Um, So, you know, my gut instinct is 17-13 Panthers, but my heart um, I'm going to go a different direction, um, is is I think the Seahawks end up winning this 27-21. So we got three of us predicting a, a Seahawks win. Um, it's going to be a tough one, going to be a big one. Um, last thing before we go, uh, favorite Thanksgiving dish you're looking forward to tomorrow? Uh, stuffing. Stuffing. Okay. Is it a cornbread? Is it a, you know, any specific kind? It's the kind my grandma
2: makes every year. Nice. It's pretty good. Nice. Okay. Will, how about you? We've got a tradition in our family. My dad is a deep fried turkey every year, um, and it is phenomenal every year. So I'm always looking forward to that. Awesome. For me, it is
0: definitely the uh, sweet potato casserole. So, Um, Folks, thank you for joining Thanksgiving Eve. I hope you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, if you haven't already, speaking of giving, um, sign up at Patreon.com/patreon.com/slash/hawkblogger. Um, join be an insider. Um, all proceeds end up going to a great charity, and Ben's Fund helps parents that can't afford expensive autistic, uh, autism treatments. So, um, be great to have you aboard. And uh, just hope everyone has a wonderful Thanksgiving. Enjoy a day of eating, football, family,
2: and uh, take care. Let's go Hawks!